You're listening to Podhaven. got an issue gang what's the problem uh josh josh has been kidnapped oh by possibly ghost wentworth miller oh yeah that would make a degree of sense wouldn't it well we all in the in in the canon lore of this podcast i mean we still don't quite know whether he is a ghost or not or whether wet plank killed him but Mm. I mean, at this point, we don't know. So we've got um, really, really northern Josh is here. <laughs> Super northern. <laughs> Hyper northern. <laughs> Hyper northern Josh. Um, because, yeah, otherwise, I mean, how could we do this podcast without some form of Josh? I'm just, I'm just the replacement Josh. I, I've, I've, made, I've made peace with that. Yeah, uh, you're you're like um, you're like a slightly off-color hamster that we've bought to pretend that our regular Josh isn't currently being tortured by a hmm. potential ghost. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's exactly what my partner calls me. So. <laughs> yeah, in bed as well. <laughs> oh, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, we tried to come up with the shorter one, but nothing else really seemed to stick. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> stick. Welcome to the Indie Haven Podcast with me, your host, Elodie Cunningham. HD Audio Elodie. Joined by... Hello, everyone. My name is Astrid Johnson. And I am the Ubermensch. <laughs> Um, hi, hi everyone, my name is Martin Bryson, and I am apparently Hyper Northern Josh, so that's my name now. Yeah, mm. Martin is my my regular old co-host on DN8Bit, our video James Biology podcast, uh, and we have co-opted him for today. I've been stolen. Um, isn't it usually, it's usually Northern Josh, very extra Northern Josh. Uh, hyper Northern Josh. Josh, and then like... Hyper southeastern Josh. You play like really, really southeastern Josh. It's important to have all these backup Joshes just in case. You can't not yeah. have Josh. Extra so hemispherical like, Josh. Extra hemispherical Josh. There we go. Kangaroo Josh, <laughs> if you will. I was trying so hard not to laugh that I coughed. <laughs> <sighs> okay, um, so, so what have we got to talk about today? Well, the docket's disappeared because of ground control to Major Pom. Which will be in the featured image of this podcast, right? Except to be honest, it won't important. because I I don't do a featured image for this one. Oh yeah, we don't. No, Take so so this this one you're just going to have to imagine. What that okay, I found the docket. I, I yeah. went, I went and searched. We, we, we had to pause for half an hour so I could go on a, a vision quest to find the docket, and uh, we're back now. And I found the docket. And the first thing we need to talk about is how Hellblade's pretty fucking good, and Ninja Theory are pretty rad because on World Mental Health Day, all of the proceeds made with sales of Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice went to charity. Yay! Uh, I can quickly... It all went to the UK mental health charity, um, Rethink Mental Health. Which is super fucking awesome! Get on, you ninja theory! Yeah. Mm. Mm, it's good. Um, I have... I bought it on that day and I've played it now, and what... What I initially wanted to do this episode was have a quick chat with um with Josh because 
he's talked about it a million times on the podcast. Well, you can still just extra northern Josh, just hyper northern Josh who hasn't actually played the game yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what did you think Don't of you the big guy who did the thing? Do the th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The bit with all the pollock men was good. Mm. Yeah, well, you're going through the dark and there's a bunch of polyp men and they're just kind of oscillating. Ooh. Did you like that? I enjoyed the bit with the polyp men. I did. I appreciate the polyp men, men with polyps. Uh, can you not send things that completely send me off my train of thought into the chat? I'm really sorry. <laughs> 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 Alright, mm. for for the listeners at home, it's a it's a picture of the Scooby gang and uh what looks like a pig standing next to them. Uh are confronting <laughs> uh, what's, hey. what seems to be um Pingu tied up. Uh, but they pull off Pingu's head and it's actually um, famed meme Skull Trumpet hiding underneath. Go and doop doop. That's the uh, one that maybe worked best after I put it up on the Tumblr for everyone to see. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well I mean uh, part of part of the Podhaven brand is explaining photos that the audience can't actually see. We've done it in every single podcast I think we've ever done yeah, we did it in so, DNA bit too, where we had we, we, did it we in, explained various things. Yeah, we did it in the first DNA bit. We we had a whole episode about it on Real Heroes, mm. and we've done it here now also. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so Hellblade was good. Yeah, that was a good thing they did, and I appreciate it, because, like, it's not often, especially the fact that the fact that they did this without all the publisher and everyone as well. Oh, absolutely, you, yeah. Uh, it kind of puts a, a gun into the heart of uh, the whole publisher line of um, you need to make all this money because otherwise you can't uh, make money from making a game. When an indie-developed game can spend a whole day giving all of their profits to charity and absolutely yeah Yeah. so it's just another it's just another example of why publishers are full of shit yeah it really it's it's interesting it's no one ever wants to be like the first one to do these things you know but somebody has to be i do appreciate the ninja theory were one of the first to to take that risk especially when you consider that uh, something like this would probably increase their sales for that day. I'd like to see some figures on that, but it would be it, something that would probably improve their sales for that day. So they, yeah, yeah. I mean, losing it was the only reason I bought it at this point. So that again, sorry, sorry. It, it was the only reason I bought it at this point because I was going to mm-hmm. wait for a bit. Um, yeah, I was the same. Yeah, but yeah I, I bought it now because of the fact that it was money to charity. Um, so yeah, the, I, I like it when people do this sort of thing. Like mm, when um, Griffin McElroy uh, gave all proceeds from the Adventure Zone albums on Bandcamp sold in a day to, um, I think it was the Southern Poverty Law Centre. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And they've done charity drives for um, uh, drug addiction centres and things. In Yeah, Little- they have wow. as well. Super great, yeah. General, ge- like it's nice when places and people do the things like this. Uh, hey, um, Days of Future Past, X Men HD audio LED here. Um, sorry to interrupt past me and gang, um, but I have a bit of a disclaimer to add in here. Uh, the following discussion was made on the assumption that the allegations presented were provably true. But it would seem that this may not actually be the case. Um, Much of the original evidence has since been deleted, so the accusation that Jonas Kalev probably should have worked out whether I could actually say that properly before I did this, 
uh, doxed the artist Max of S2D. Um, it's entirely based on the artist's testimony on Twitter, as well as articles from the time, but a lot of the sources there have since been removed. Um, so, yeah, uh, I've dug up some archive material, um, but it's still lacking some key details because, again, a bunch of the links and stuff in them are missing, and loads of files are, like, gone. Uh, so... I'm going to leave in most of the discussion because I think it's an important discussion to have about death of the author and everything. Um, but, yeah, please be aware that we don't have any real conclusive evidence for these allegations. You should definitely take them with a pinch of salt. Like, uh, yeah. But, anyway, back to us, I guess. Back to us. See ya. Uh, speaking of being a nice developer, let's talk about a developer who was the opposite of that. Now, actually, uh, uh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, this uh, is a game that we talked about coming out last time, and we were like, "Oh, they've still got John Tron on, but it might be that they're just they just didn't think, and they're not malicious people. The developer might be nice still." We all like to hope the hope, but no people, you know, we do. <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. No. The developer for um, A Hat in Time, the the lead developer, whose name I've actually forgotten and don't have written down right now, actually. Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) I should come prepared. Mm. Uh. Oh, um. Is that. Sorry, this is getting cut out, by the way. <laughs> Jonas. Kalev Jonas Kalev Yeah, uh, the development company is called Gears for Breakfast. Yeah, Breakfast. Yeah, Jonas Kalev, yeah. Uh there's there's allegations that he stole people's art um and when they spoke out about it, he created websites to slander and dox them. Yay. Uh, so, he... It's not a good... It's not a good thing. It's... It's like, this was back in 2012, I think, which was... Uh, pre... that big event that shall not be named, but... There was, like... Less of an awareness of this as an ongoing problem, I think, in the gen- among the general public. So it's not too surprising this would go unnoticed for a while. But, um, God, it's so disgusting. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know what more especially to say about that, except that I don't feel comfortable supporting this developer. If this turns out to be true, since they've done multiple shitty things already. It's not even something I feel like uh, I can say anything particularly funny about, because it's just so depressing. <laughs> There comes a point where you reach a sort of critical mass of these things and too many people you hope are going to be okay are not, and it just gets too much to deal with. (sighs) Yeah, it's just... It's just a shame. Like, I mean... I wanted to play that game at some point. I know I said on the last episode that I wasn't a big fan on how the uh, art style translates to 3D, Mm-hmm. But I did actually still want to give it a go if it turned out they weren't. Yeah. Well, I'd heard really good things about it. Like, I'd heard it... it, it ukulele didn't really interest me, but um, Hat in Time had a, had, a, had an aesthetic that I think appealed to me a little more. Ukulele's better than Breath of the Wild, isn't it? <laughs> 7 out of 10, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the, no, I gave Breath of the Wild 7 out of 10. I gave Ukulele 8 out of 10. No, it's better. That means it's better. Ab- objectively better. Objectively, yeah. Every possible way. Yeah. 
But uh, I mean, generally speaking, right, I, I, I enjoyed those old rare platformers as much as anyone, but I kind of feel like I've moved to a point where I, I can't really get as much out of them as I used to. So ukulele didn't really appeal to me because it didn't offer anything new. Mm. Whereas I felt like Hat and Time maybe could, but then I just have no interest in it anymore after that point. It's like, it's you can talk forever about separating the art from the artist, but when the artist in question is stealing other people's art and doxing them in revenge when they cock out about it, that's not something you can separate. Yeah, no, the thing is that, like, I can buy a H.P. Lovecraft book and read that, and he was a racist fuck. Yeah, but he's and dead. it shines mm. through. But yeah, that's the thing. He's dead. I'm not supporting him financially. Yeah, um, it's um, it's the death of the author argument. Yeah. Like, I read books written by Joseph Stalin. I don't think Joseph Stalin was a very nice man, though. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing, is that people always go on about how, oh, you shouldn't let it influence your decision to play this game, but... It, the game doesn't exist in a vacuum. You are giving money directly to people who you don't agree with. You're supporting exactly both Jontron getting these parts in games, especially especially in the world of indie games, where developers have such a public um, a pub a public involvement with the games that you're pu- that you're purchasing and yeah. playing. Yeah. If it were say an artist working on Destiny turned out to be a shitbag, then I think it would be a slightly different situation. It's a much yeah. more collaborative effort that way, yeah. And Absolutely. They're in a much but larger something, something on a, more, a smaller scale where each member of an indie team, sometimes the sole member of an indie team, has such a personal involvement and everything to gain by you contributing to their product. And sometimes that's a very, very good thing, but in cases like this, it's a very, very concerning thing. Yeah, like... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that I don't think I would... I don't think I'd play the Persona games if they were developed by an indie development team, and I know that sounds kind of shit, but at the same time... The Persona games have like some really concerning uh, opinions about LGBT plus people in them yeah. on occasion, and if that w- if I was like directly supporting particular people involved in that, I'd feel really uncomfortable. But because it's like a big, because it's a AAA thing, it just doesn't feel quite so much like you are, because mm. it's it. It is such a collaborative thing, and yeah, it's one of those things I find especially fascinating about indie games, hmm. because it's like we we know we all know the basic differentiations between indie and AAA. It's yeah. there's no publisher involved. It tends to be smaller teams. They tend to be quirky or niche. But one of the other big ones is dramatically changes the way you approach the consumer-creator relationship. Mm. Yes, that's, I, was about, I was about to say something along those lines as well, yeah. Mm. I mean, when you talk about a AAA game, especially something from a massive company with a really like long pedigree, like... Uh, like Ubisoft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like a few times, darling, reference. Um... Oh. Sorry, I've nice. lost my favorite part now. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, when you talk about something like Ubisoft or like Atlas, or when you talk about uh, a well-established, respected developer with well, respected developer in air quotes, um, with long prolific, pedig- prolific developer. Prolific is a better word, yeah. With with a long pedigree like that, you're talking about people who are also much more at the mercy of publisher and market whims. So mm. there's certain elements of games which are deeply problematic, but which are continuing in AAA games largely because uh, they are considered to be what makes the game suitable for sale. They are what... Uh, a, a kind of uh, punching down kind of humour, a kind of casual misogyny that that is just accepted in AAA games because they believe that's what the public wants, or they are unwilling mm. to deviate from a pattern. And it's not the fault of the developers for that when they're being pressured into trying to make their game what the publishers see as 
getting the furthest reach possible in the market. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that's necessarily a way to forgive them per se, but it does complicate mm. the relationship a little bit. And you don't have mm. that same complication with indie developers because there's no developer oversight. Exactly. Mm, yeah. Like, it just... It feels much more like you're directly supporting that kind of shitty behaviour when yeah. you are buying an indie game from someone who's done less than comfortable things. And it also feels like if 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 Hat and Time were to outsell ukulele, I feel like the message that people would take was like, ah, oh, the SJWs were wrong and we should have John Tron appear in things all the time because it does well. That also feels kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you get me. And it's unfortunate because I'd like to see more games like a hat in time because f- from what I've heard, the game itself from a from a from a uh, and everyone's going to hate me using this word gameplay perspective. <laughs> um, it's apparently a really solid game, and I've known a couple of people that really enjoyed their experiences with it. But it's a similar sort of situation to people feeling uncomfortable about going and watching the new Wonder Woman movie in the cinema because Gal Gadot's a, a Zionist. Yeah. It's it's the difficult situation of, do you want to go and support this thing so you can see more things like this, or do you not go support this thing because you have a problem with an aspect of this thing? Yeah. I, and it's a really difficult decision to make. I think, actually, thinking about it, that's another thing that is... um. An interesting quirk of this is that if we were to go by the kind of theory that we were going with initially that it's like indie things are much more personal than non-indie things, then you'd think that we wouldn't care with Wonder Woman? I, what I think it is, yeah, is... it's I, it's see, it feels like it feels like it's it changes given the context of the medium for some reason. I think it's not even just so much the medium. I think what it is is that um, it's not a view that's presented within the work. It's a view that is presented outside the the like isolated context of the work. Mm. Like Wonder Woman didn't have a thing where um, Wonder Woman turns around and goes, uh, "We should support the occupation of Palestine." And then yeah. goes back to fight in like Thor or whatever it is she fucking beat up mm. in that film. I think, I think another, I think another distinction that you can make there is that in regards to Wonder Woman, I suppose, I suppose it makes sense that we care about Wonder Woman and indie games because with indie games, the developers have such an intrinsic involvement in the game, and people look at the game and they see the game and the developer who made it rather than say Destiny, they see the game and Bungie as a team. But with Wonder Woman, it's not a camera operator that is the shitty person in the situation. It's the face of the movie, yeah. and it's somewhat comparable, I think. Yeah, it's difficult to separate uh, the the actor playing the role from the role itself when it's such a high-profile film, I think. Absolutely. I, I actually, thinking about it, going back to my Atlas... Um example, I think that I would be much more uncomfortable playing those games if um, if rather than just having the things that are like uncomfortably close to being homophobic or transphobic in the games it had actually mm. been like the uh, the lead creative designer whose name I can't remember right now had actually like come out in an interview and said that um, uh, we should deny people rights or something I think yeah. I would be much less comfortable with playing the games in that case. Mm-hmm. Like I think, oh, definitely, definitely. I think that it's not so much a case of um, of AAA versus indie. It's a case of personality. Like mm. the person who is the face of this thing is, they're going to um. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I'm completely with you. I think, yeah, it's about 
what the strongest personality behind the product is yeah. or the strongest personality attached to the product is and it just so happens that that might become more relevant in indie games purely on the basis that it's like it's likelier to find those strong distinct personalities behind those indie games because of their size as a as 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 a company as a as a development team i think the size of the indie game world in general is a significant fact as mm. well because when you talk about someone in the indie game sphere who is very publicly successful like uh i mean hat times not a triple a scale of thing but it's a very well-known property by this point. A lot of people talk about it. It's got a lot of news coverage. And that makes it quite a big figure within the indie game world, which is largely yeah. consists of developers and games that most people will never hear about. So they are much more influential within that specific sphere than maybe they otherwise would be, or that they are in a, in a kind of a broader AAA world. So you can argue then that developers in the indie sphere who are looking for a direction to take or looking for something that will help boost their profile might look to them for inspiration. Mm. And that creates a kind of concerning... But this is... Obviously, this isn't backed up by any real evidence. This is just my uh, speculation. But Mm. uh, you could then imagine a scenario in which people who are indie game developers looking to boost their profile uh, because it's a difficult, it's a difficult line of work. It is a really hard thing to get ahead in to make a living at. Uh, yeah. Would look to them as a way of, uh, as I say, inspiration for how to do that, and that becomes concerning when the things they're doing are excusing a lot of really awful behaviour. Yeah. Well, I just, I think that um, in this whole like separating the art from the artist thing, it feels like it's less easy to do that than it is to separate the art from shitty messages within the art. (laughs) Weirdly enough, like, you can say um, David Kaja, who's dead now, had a uh, video game where inside of it, inside of the video game, uh, someone was like, having weird polygon sex and everyone was really uncomfortable and then they like stopped turned to the camera and said um women's rights are bad um and then went back to it that would feel less uncomfortable than david cage david kaja sorry himself going women's rights are bad i don't know it's just something i think i see what you mean maybe it's because Maybe it's because when an individual behind a product states views, you start to question the product's intent. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. if there's an isolated moment that you can identify in a product, then it's easier to it's easier to think of the rest of the products as separate from it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that might be that might be more the case actually, because um, yeah, with the whole Atlas example. When I think about the the uncomfortable bits of um, homophobia and transphobia in those games, uh, I can separate those out and say those are some uncomfortable aspects, but the rest of the game is very good. Mm. But but if like one of the developers behind behind the game came out and said fucking gay people, right? Yeah, <laughs> that would feel that would make me. I think that would like change my entire perspective on the experience of the game to a point mm. where I couldn't ignore the shitty aspects or like um, I, yeah. separate them I th- out anymore. I mean, I'm- I think there's another. I think another element in there is perhaps the differentiation between the impact in a game's world and the impact in the real world. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, on uh, that I- theme, uh, I was thinking about Doug Tenniple. Who not sure ten you. nipples? <laughs> so I hear. Uh, which was something which, when I I hadn't thought about him or his games for for years and years up until quite recently, and then I found out he was a terrible, terrible person, and um, and that was really disappointing. Who's this again? He's the uh, from Gem One, right? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Also, yeah. That was really disappointing to me because I remember really enjoying those games when I was young and like the, the Neverhood as well, which he designed was a great little point-click adventure game I got really into. 
when I was mm. quite young. So I had quite fond memories of those, and that was really disappointing for me. But and when I look back on Earthworm Jim, you can see those influences. You can see those elements creeping through in the uh, the quote unquote uh, anti PC humor in there and stuff that I didn't pick up on when I was young because I was a kid. And you don't you don't at that age. Mm. And it becomes it, it does knowing that does alter not just my experience playing the game now but my memories of it as well because i feel more manipulated i feel like i've been yeah. you know like deceived well um one of the articles i looked at when i was doing my research about the whole um hat and time developer thing uh talked talked about that developer and also doug with 10 nipples because he, at around the same time, had a successful Kickstarter for a stop-motion um, platformer game whose name I don't remember because it was weird. Uh, so I, that's not like direct. That's not like I don't really have a point to that. It's more that uh, these two things are connected more even than we're saying. Like it's yeah. just that it's very difficult when an artist is so troubling it's very difficult to not have that colour your experience with something but it is a lot easier to compartmentalise something within the experience and Mm. like not have that colour the rest of it yeah Um, it's like my Previous favourite ever episode of Doctor Who was um, The Empty Child. Mm. Uh, But I find it really hard to watch now because where I know so much more about Stephen Moffat and his really, really nasty views on things and stuff Mm -hmm. and like... Knowing that he wrote that. Knowing that he wrote that. Now I go back and it completely colours my perspective on that episode, and I just can't enjoy it nearly as much anymore, because, like, I think that, um, I think it's Helen Rayner was the one who was in charge of editing stuff. I might be wrong. Mm. Uh, if I am, sorry. Uh, but the person who was in charge of editing did a really good job of taking out a bunch of Moffatisms, but they're there if you know what to look for. And it yeah. really colours the entire experience. Uh, speaking of which, my my favourite episode of Doctor Who now is um, the Slovene two part. <laughs> it's a good. It's a good fucking two part. I love yeah. those those big green fart aliens. I have a figure of mm. one in my room. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I I used to really enjoy the Sherlock TV series. Yes, uh, but, same. Yeah. Um, I can't. Well, well, um, and. I then can't stand it now because of Cucumber Man. Cucumber Man. Ben- ben- Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, who is um, who is a terrible person. It's a terrible human Marky being. Marky Flop uh, is also a terrible person. Have you heard about some of the things he said? Martin well, Marky Flop. Martin Freeman. Oh, Martin oh, Freeman. Yeah, God. I have, yeah. Oh, God. Fucking, Martin Freeman yeah. with his, oh, but if there was a Muslim with a beard, wouldn't you think he was going to kill oh, your no, family? No, no. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, Martin Freeman is is a, a unfortunately a wank stain. Uh, um, I mean, I already Moffat especially dislike. Also. I already expect. Yeah, I already especially dislike Sherlock, especially after watching H Bomber Guy's video yes. on why Sherlock is yeah. trash and having my entire world turned on its head. I mean, he, the, the thing about that, and I had the same feeling about Dark Souls Two video as well, is that he's absolutely right, and it pains me that I can't deny it. <laughs> mm. Well. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is that I already agreed with him on these things beforehand, so it was more of a yes. Me and H. Bomber guy have some very similar opinions about things because he thinks the Star Wars prequels are better than the originals, and he thinks that Sherlock is rubbish, and he knew that from a, a while ago. And uh, he thinks that Dark Souls 2 is great, and I think it's the best Dark Souls game, or Souls game overall. <laughs> So, what I'm saying here is that I'm secretly... Hello, two remaining individuals um, (laughs) who are listening to the Indiana pod. No. Um. (laughs) Judge our things wasn't a mistake. He's the best part about the Phantom Medicine. The Phantom Medicine... Hello, literally nobody now listening. No, um... (laughs) No, we're just speaking for ourselves. (laughs) 
I mean, I am so, somewhat complicit in that. I did watch the entirety of The Phantom Menace with you for a special episode of our podcast, and I kind of did enjoy you it. You did, and I... Uh, did, have you, like, properly examined the artwork I did for that episode? I haven't, yet. Uh, on the... You know on your t-shirt, on your, like, MS Paint drawing on our artwork, it usually yeah. says, ah. Yes. I replaced it with I Heart the Phantom Menace. So. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> of course you did! Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. I think we should take this natural segue and go into another. Oh, wait, no. We're going into another shit thing, so it's not a natural segue whatsoever. But... We'll follow that up with something nice afterwards. Mm. It's mean, another kind of wanky thing, I mean, but then this, we're going to this some This one's going to be really short because we basically said everything we said before, and this is just us going, yeah. we told you so. So Yeah. Remember when we talked about South Park and the difficulty slider being tied with the skin colour of your character? Turns out, when they said it would have actual game impacts and would have been somewhat of a social commentary even if it was also even even if it was quite a shit one anyway turns out it didn't even have any effect so it was just a big publicity it was just it was just a joke guys it was just a publicity joke it was shit whether it was a joke or not and that's the annoying thing like they just shouldn't have done it in any sense because it wasn't good either way (laughs) if it were a game in isolation a, a, a short indie experience where that was the core mechanic and it did something that would be interesting but when it's a very long rpg series that you know a lot of people want to play characters that resemble themselves in that rpg series tying that to difficulty is kind of a wank move but it doesn't matter because it was all a bit shit so it, that's that story yeah, it, basically uh, i'm just gonna quickly say that um i think that the uh, Hellblade actually does a really good job of doing uh, more long game without real barriers to entry, whilst also doing the whole empathy stuff. I got like, into I, yeah, I got into extended arguments defending this uh, from the Ninja Theory's approach to this. So yeah, I'm probably on the same train as you. <laughs> yeah, well the the thing is that. Um, I think the difference is that if you're going to do it with a choice that necessarily affects how you play the game and tie it to um, tie it to how uh, how well you are represented with the game, you mm. have to do it as a small indie game. Absolutely. But when it's not a choice and it's fundamentally tied in to how the game plays then there's no barrier to entry for certain people. Yeah. Hell, something that would have still fit within the air quotes South Park ethos would have been if there was an arcade, say an arcade game in in the game and you can play a shit little RPG and that was like the character selection thing in that small tiny arcade cabinet and then they could move on and that would class as their vague... Their, their vague semblance of social commentary yeah. and it wouldn't affect the entire and experience. Nobody would have especially complained about that because, because no. Because the point is that it it necessarily meant that if certain people wanted to be represented within the game, certain marginalized people, they would have to have a more difficult time in the game. Whereas Absolutely. with Hellblade, like you don't. It's not like at the start it says, "Do you want?" Send you to have psychosis in this playthrough. If yes, you will have a more difficult time. That would have been shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. Speaking of uh, Hellblade, I'll just mention a little bit of what I wanted, um, of what I'm working on. But I'm working on a feature for Hellblade. I don't know where it's going to go, but it will be up on the internet somewhere. Fun thing, um, also. Maybe Haven. Fun thing, yeah. also being that you are now the only one out of the regular role regular old indie haven podcast lineup who hasn't played the game and you're the one who's writing a feature on it i know (laughs) (laughs) it's awful it really is but yeah um i think hellblade tenuous sacrifice has made a really good case for video games being used as a tool for conveying empathy um from 
a marginalised perspective to people who don't experience that sort of thing. Without making it more difficult to play for that marginalised group also. Absolutely, absolutely. And lots of people, um, like, there's obviously, of course, there's been a debate around the depiction of psychosis in the game. There have been some that said it's a very effective depiction who suffer from psychosis themselves, but I'm aware that there are some people who say that it's a very specific kind and it's not it's not effectively representative and they could have done it better. Well, the thing is, uh, jo- re- regular old regular old Southern Josh, S- S- Southern Bell Josh. Um, well, he's, he's 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 talked talk before about how well he related to it, considering he has mild psychosis himself. Mm. Uh, like, it is a case where even if it's not representing every type of psychosis, that's not something it's certainly you can representing do. a type of psychosis. That's not a yeah. thing you can feasibly do. Of course, and but the the important thing I'm taking away from this is that there are have there are lots of people who have had no idea what it was like to have psychosis who then played Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice and went oh shit this is what having psychosis is like i now kind of actually understand that and immediately immediately an individual who would have struggled in every other facet to um to have empathy for an individual who has uh a mental health issue or um, has something that they deal with in their lives and immediately because of this video game that person now understands what that's like Yeah. and it would have been very difficult to understand what that's like in any other medium I think I think I'd like than an interactive one I think I'd have to gather my thoughts better to kind of explain why I think that um, fully think that Hellblade got everything right that South Park got wrong but I mm. think that they are completely opposite ends of a spectrum of good representation of a marginalised like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute opposites of each other. And there's just, like, every aspect of it, even if you could say they're superficially similar in the fact that they were a thing where gameplay mechanics were included to um, to simulate what it's like to be part of a group, that is um, that has a different kind of experience with the world. Every single other aspect of it is different, and one of Absolutely. them does it very well, and the other one does it the opposite of very well. It's just it's just, just almost like this wonderful bit of serendipity that they came out around the same time. Uh, so, uh, is that everything we wanted to say about? I do believe so. I think we said some good words today. Yeah, we sure mm. said words. But before we can conclusively confirm that, it's time for... And that was... Yeah, and now we're just going to pop over to another... Haven show promo thing and at this point it's gonna hopefully I can put the DN8 bit one in here if Thomas has edited it but if not it's either gonna be Real Heroes or um, uh, that other one what I'm not in again Uh, so enjoy that it's a mystery what will you get have you ever found yourself playing a video game and wondering why the best characters are all tucked away in the background, far behind all the boring soldiers, lifeless swordsmen, and generic space marines? So have we. We here at the Real Heroes Podcast bring in the best guests on the net to help us shine a light on the forgotten heroes of gaming once and for all. So if you've ever wanted to hear Laura Kate aggressively defend the rights of a fictional jellyfish alien, or Jed Whittaker discuss how Zelda is really the story of a kink-facilitating pickle man, join us on the Real Heroes Podcast right here on Podhaven. Well, mystery solved. Mystery yep, solved, you got that one. I'm so you glad opened that egg. You know, I was hoping for that. Mm. Yeah, um, that is my favourite one. So recommendations are going to be a bit shorter than usual this time because both Martin and I are recommending exactly the same game, and 
and we can only say about five words about it. God, it's so hard to talk about. It's ins- oh, it's driving me crazy. <laughs> so, so Astro, do you want to go first? <laughs> sure thing. I'm going to recommend this week Slime Rancher. If you've not played Slime Rancher, then it's a first-person sort of farming Stardew Valley-ish, but not <coughs> as... Oh, it, it's yeah. <coughs> You're you're a, a, a you're a cool person, and you've gone to a planet, and the planet is entirely populated by slimes that you suck up with your gun, and then shoot them out of the gun into pens, and you feed them, and they shit out little gems, and you give the gems to a machine, and the machine gives you money, but you can also give those gems to other slimes, and the slimes eat the shit that they made and turn into different kinds of slimes and it sounds a ho- like a horrifying horrifying mess and a nightmare but it's really cute so you should play it i need to get back to it oh man <laughs> i really really need to try it i've been meaning to it for ages now and you know, I it's so we've, good we've got another code if you wanted to get it through that Ooh, mark i may do that and then you can actually write things about it which is what i have been meaning to get around to but haven't done for the past three <laughs> well, weeks I, as soon as i'm done with the uh the the article i'm writing right now uh also awesome. do that yeah that's a good idea cool yeah um i played it for an entire night i stayed up all night playing it non-stop Same. And then have not come back to it since. And I don't know why. I loved it. You know what? <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just... I just I've had like, a busy week, I suppose. I just, like, yeah. opened my first new area up. And then I stopped. And then, yeah. I think the Ooh. one issue I have with the game is that it is quite difficult to know how to get to a new area without looking at a guide. Yeah. Like you you have to go and find a big blob and feed it a bunch of chickens or something and then you get a key and then you can go and open a hidden door and then you get a new oh! area. Yeah. Yeah. I no. spent ages trying to figure out what the fuck those giant slimes are. Yeah, for. no, thank that, you. that's how I'm gonna go back and play it again. Slimes <laughs> as well. well thank you. There we go. What game have you both played? Well <laughs> This one is basically impossible to talk about without spoiling some some major element of it as Elodie is aware as well um we've both been playing doki doki literature club this week which is uh a visual novel um in the uh kind of the japanese style and that's about <laughs> all I can say about it. it, it it's set. It, it's set up is it is a dating simulator visual novel set at a high school in which you sorry, play. Sorry, Martin. Quickly, was that a deliberate Griffin McElroy deep cut, or was it not? I mean, it was intended to be, but I don't. It wasn't. Your okay, <laughs> that's good. I just, I just because you said it so casually, I thought you might have just like accidentally done it, and that would have been funny, also. <laughs> What, in the Japanese style? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure if I managed to pull that off, though. That's quite good. No, you, uh, you did. And now all the audience will have... knows. <laughs> Speaking of Griffin Mathcore, uh, feel free to cut this out. I just wanted to mention it quick. So I've now listened to the entirety of the Adventure Zone. Oh, yes. Finally. I, be- I binged the entirety of it over the p- space of two weeks. Yes. And fuck. I know. It's... Oh. And I have started to realize Elodie you do a lot of Griffin McElroy deep cuts (laughs) (laughs) in in your in your general speech it's there's a lot of McElroy deep cuts there and it makes me very happy I I guess I do (laughs) I don't even think about it a lot of the time (laughs) you are a you are a Griffin McElroy deep cut I'm literally Griffin McElroy, what he did is he he found a he found a rosebush, yeah, yeah. He found a rosebush yeah. and he he, <laughs> cut, he he was walking on it and he he accidentally sliced his thumb on the rosebush and he was like, "Ow, yeah." And then the blood drop went down into the bottom of the rosebush. It soaked mm-hmm. into the ground, uh, and then from the flower budded a tiny me that came out of that. 
Oh shit! Oh, that's yeah, that sounds about right. Miracle so I was literally a. And then you grew up and had the memories inserted into you, like the Deckard Hunter movie. <laughs> yeah. LD twenty forty nine. LD twenty forty nine. Oh, at least we got our episode title. It's just, it's just, it's just you being being birthed by McElroy's tear blood in a bush, and then you punch, you you punch Harrison Ford in the face, and he and he rolls over a, a table, and that's the end of the movie. Better movie, can I just say? <laughs> what? That, was a, that that sounds like a better movie than what we got. Can I just say? Are you were you, were you not a fan of Twenty Forty Nine? No. <laughs> That's an, did that's you know enough. that's an anime uh, mi- midquel that goes between them? Uh, yeah, it's part of the little mini-series that they did. Yeah, you can watch it on Crunchyroll. <laughs> the Bl- Blade Runner. I still, Runner to, I still need to watch it and come up with my mind. I did watch Blade. I did watch Blade Runner for the first, like the original Blade Runner, for the first time, like a couple nights ago. Those smooth, those smooth saxophones really made me think that there wasn't sexual assault in the film and that it was all romantic. Yeah, because yeah, no, right. saxophones yeah. tell me that it's romance. Well, it's it's romance I mean, when there's saxophones. That's how it works. That's just science. Yeah, yeah. No, Deckard was totally the fucking villain of that movie. I can see it. I mean, it makes sense. You can you can build up a meta plot into there that easily yeah, make him the villain because. Yeah. Because, yeah, because all of the, bar one, all of the scenes where replicants died were really depressing. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking! And the the replicants were the only characters in the film that expressed any kind of humanity. Speaking of meta-narratives... Okay, (laughs) let's get back to it. We were talking about Doki Doki Literature Club. Yes. And that game... We cannot say anything about it at all. But basically, I will tell you that it is basically... Uh, if you took... Um, did you ever play the game um, Kindness Coins? It rings a bell, but I never played it. Vaguely aware uh, of it, but I haven't played it. Kindness Coins was a very short... Um, I think it was a Game Jam 1 visual novel. Uh that basically acted as a short deconstruction of the visual novel genre by saying, like, um, you can't just be nice to people and treat it like kindness coins that they will then sleep with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'd say that this game is kind of like uh, an inversion of kindness coins mixed with Pony Island, and that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I, I need to play this video game. That's a good recommendation. It really is. As well. That's a good way of recommending you it. Would, yeah. You just have to trust us on it, I think. And, yeah. And one thing I would say about it, when you're playing it, just keep going. Just persevere. Because yeah. the end never, never think it's think the it end until until the credits roll. Yeah, until you literally can't play anymore. It's physically impossible. Then you stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like just just keep going because there is something else for you to do. <laughs> because the number of times I had to talk, I had to convince someone that they hadn't seen the end yet. It was yeah, yeah, same, same. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, the thing is that when I discovered this game was actually just before we started recording the last Indie Haven podcast episode. Like, I was just checking Steam to see if any new releases had come out, and I saw that it was free, and I was like, oh, the tags on this are a bit weird, I'm gonna check this out, and then we recorded that, cool. and then I played it right afterwards, and I was like, oh shit, man. <laughs> Do yourself a favour when you play it, though, don't get it from Steam, because uh, the tags might kind of mislead you as to what to expect, and the reviews might spoil it. Uh, if you just get it straight from oh, the just website, so, Don't better. look at... I, I got it on Steam. I just didn't look at the reviews. And yeah. the tags are basically tied into the content warnings that it has up front Sorry, of the game I, anyway. I, so it's not like... um, I don't think getting it from Steam is too bad of a thing. Just to do whatever. There's right. an extra scene thing in Steam. There's some, like, changes, I haven't noticed but any variation. Not much. Maybe I missed something. Okay. It's not like a full oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's I know just like some dialogue is yeah. changed to accommodate yeah. for the fact. Yeah. 
you are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about this, so I'm just going to have to play the game. Yeah, you are going to have to play the game, and then next next episode, if um, if Southern <laughs> Josh, because that's my Southern accent. <laughs> if so- oh fucking Christ! If Southern Josh is back, uh, you and me can gush about the game, and then Josh can play it. So. Yes, I like this plan. Uh, you got to play it by then. In any case, okay. that's our recommendation. Gotcha. Our shared cool. recommendation. In which case, has that bring up, brought us to the end yeah, of the show? Usually, <gasps> well, usually it's Josh. Okay, well, you can find me on the internet in a couple first, places. So uh, you can find me on Twitter and at Fry Fryburger, which is F-R-I-E. Um, you can also find me on Tumblr at Fry Von Fryburger, which is all one word. Uh, and my blog there is... Mm-hmm. I'm keeping it a mystery until... We still don't know anything <laughs> about this, even on DN8-Bit. We've been... I'm keeping it a mystery. We, we've like, been bugging. We've been bugging, but it's still not happening. Uh, um, you can also find me on Tumblr, as I say, at Five on Freiburger. My blog is called The Dead <laughs> White Scrolls. Um, and you'll be able to find me on Indie Haven quite soon, because when I have uh, my first article should be going up some point quite soon, and I'll finish it today, I think, so... Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. you can oh. also find Martin on Podhaven, on DNA Bit, yeah. and also so doing yeah. all of the social yeah, media so... stuff for Podhaven because I just <laughs> could not cope with it. Yeah, so if you see uh, something up on the Facebook or the so Twitter or the soon-to-exist Tumblr, which I haven't done setting up yet, um, then that will be me. So say hi. Yeah, yeah uh, that all all of those are Podhaven, just just like Twitter dot com slash Podhaven, Facebook dot com slash Podhaven, and I'm imagining it will be Tumblr dot com slash Podhaven. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, why did you do that? Just look at the poster very closely. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh no! For the listeners at home, it's a Yogi Bear 3D poster. It's some uncanny valley bears looking at you, and at the bottom it says, "Great things come in bears." And like, and the way that the bears are aligned in the poster, it makes it makes it look like Yogi is fucking fucking that other Boo-boo? bear that I can't remember the name of. Boo Boo. Yeah. yeah. Yo, it looks like Yogi's fucking Boo Boo. And doggy style. Doggy style. Or I suppose bear style. And it says great things come in bears. And I get that what they're doing there is they're trying to say great things come in pairs, but with like a bear mm. joke. But what it sounds like is that a bear is coming into a bear. Speaking of coming in bears, if you go to jaffemeister.com, that's J-A-F-F-A-M-E-I-S-T-E-R.com, you can find every piece <laughs> of my work that I do, <laughs> ranging from... <laughs> Well, I mean, they, they called um, the Soviets the bears, so... Hey! So, yep. And also yeah, you big find... gay people. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> There's a lot of coincidences here. And, yeah, if you go to jaffermeister.com, you can find all of my content. For instance, I do occasional comedy features where I put a bit of communism into some video games that don't have communism in them. But once you see what I do, you're not you're going to think there is communism in them. I also am the editor in chief of Indie Haven, so you can find all my work there, and obviously Pod Haven as well, where I do podcasts like this one, and also the Real Heroes podcast with Elodie, where we talk about the Real Heroes of gaming, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, you can also find all my freelance content, which very, which you can also find at Waypoint, which is Vice's video games division. It's run by my, my one of my absolute Austin's favorite great. boys, Austin Walker, who I love very Austin, much. Austin Walker is a beautiful boy. <laughs> um, you can also find my freelance content at The Morning Star, the British which newspaper, The Morning Star. Go read my feature <laughs> on the communist memes. Um. Did you it's use very, the, very, very seize the memes of production joke in it? I didn't, and I should have, and I'm so bad. That's like the the classic yeah. meme. Pun. I know. I'm sorry, Elodie. I'm sorry. But first ponies, and now this. Well, another important thing. Another important thing. Those aren't the only two places that you will be able to find my freelance content soon. So stay tuned for next week 
where some more content's going to go up, and you're going to find out when it goes up if you follow me on Twitter, at Jaffemeister, spelt the same as the website, just in case you missed it last just now, it's J-A-F-F-A-M-E-I-S-T-E-R, where I talk about stuff, so you should go follow me, say hi, we can chat about the socialisms and the games, games, if you will. And gay. And gay. Lots of gay shit. Yeah. Welcome to my bit of this part where I explain where you can find me on the internet. John Valjean. That was actually pretty good. And I'm Tether. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Javert, did you know that my um, uh, there's someone who I who I call my aunt, but like we're not actually related. She's just a very very close family friend who's basically an aunt to me. Not the specific uh, person. Yeah, I know the, yeah, uh, I know the kind of the kind of individual. You mean. Yeah. Well, uh, she was a North Korean refugee who was adopted by a very rich family from England um, and her adoptive uncle was um, the original Javert That's in the cool. Lesbis London version sage Holy play shit. and is Ooh. Illyrio Mapatis in Game of Thrones also what? yeah Oh fuck, that's pretty zany. Yeah. And one time, and I don't know if I've told this story on podcast at all before, but I've told plenty of people it. Um, I I was at my aunt's wedding, and he was also there, and they had this whole thing where it was like a um, a faux gambling table where you could play back blackjack and stuff, and um, mm. whoever got the most chips by the end of the evening won a thing of um, uh champagne and I was doing it and he was doing it and we got really competitive with each other about it mm. uh, and do you know how I won his mum his mum did not understand very well and just kind of <laughs> handed me all of the chips she was given at the oh, beginning wow. at the end and I won because of his mum so, so Javert's mum uh, gave me Champagne, so I could Perfect. win against him and get champagne. Fucking great! That's a good story. Uh, and find more great stories, some of which are to do with video games and, and the content on the internet. Where can people go to find your things, Elodie? Uh, you can go to Kermy Words on Twitter, C H E M Y Words. Uh, same on Patreon. If you want to pay me money, so still, still got no, no, no new guys on there. So it'd be nice if anyone could do that at some point. Um, you can also find me writing stuff on Indiehaven. If I can get it done, my piece on Doki Doki Literature Club should be up very soon. It's just been such hell to, to write because I've got too many thoughts on that video game. Uh, yeah, um, there's that. I do the music for this and other things, uh, and you can find that all at chemicalwordsmith.bandcamp.com. Um... I do other podcasts on this network. Uh, there's DN8 Bit, which we've talked about, and Real Heroes, which we've also talked about. And the one each of these two other people in this podcast right now are part of that. So that is another thing that I do. And you can also um, find my work on YouTube. And I have started work finally on my second Halo representation station video. Uh, and this Sweet. this one's going to be way more comedy oriented because that was a bit of feedback I got for the first one that it was kind of dry. Um, so I have already included some skits. I've recorded some fun skits for this video. Excellent. So enjoy that. Um, uh, the only other thing I'm going to say is that there should be a very very special Halloween treat going up on um, Podhaven on Halloween if we can get it done in time. If not, it will be coming up pretty soon after. 
okay. it's something new, cool. something very, very different than anything else we've done on this podcast. It's very exciting. Martin knows about it. Martin's been helping. I don't know about <laughs> yeah, it. Martin's what are you doing for the website that I own, LT? <laughs> Mar- Martin's Martin's been helping me out with the uh, with continuation efforts on this project. So, so yeah, we 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 um we're getting ready for something. Yeah, but until then. Until then, uh, Josh, can you give us some advice oh. to round out? Hyper Northern Josh, this is because we, yeah. <laughs> well, that would have been funny. Oh, too. I thought we were going to do another side. No, not for this again. one because I, okay. I, I want, <laughs> I I want to put, I want to put Martin like, on the um, spot, basically. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is uh, echo a little bit of advice I've been sharing uh, with a few other places recently, and I think it's very, very important. Don't eat turtles, please. Don't just don't do it. Don't eat turtles, please. <laughs> don't eat turtles, please. <laughs> fun thing is, this might actually be reference. going up before that, so that will be a fun mystery for people. <laughs> Bye. All right. Well, see you then. Bye. Thanks for listening to Podhaven.